Night gathers, and now my rewatch begins. Welcome to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, the number one Game of Thrones podcast in the realm for people who party like Tyrion and slay like Daenerys, brought to you by Grand X Media. This is our fourth podcast in the... Uh, it's actually our fifth. Yeah, fifth it's our podcast. fifth. I was like, shit, I watched you, the wrong you one. dumbass. As in five. Cinco. <laughs> uh, as Lord and Lady Commanders of the Night's Rewatch. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> I'm Ross Bolin, uh, here in the Grand X Media studios with Veronica Ruck. Hello, one and all. And Barry Welcome. Dudley. Hi, I'm super distracted. We're recording this as the Astros and Red Sox are in game four. And also just finished uh, three days in a row of ACL. So, so your sure brain is on, mush. Not sure I'm going to be on top of my game today. Just letting you know, letting you all know that ahead of time. But I'm going to do my damnedest because this episode was chock-a-block. It's good, because what, what you want to do at the very upfront beginning of a podcast <laughs> is tell your listeners how fucking out of it you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm giving them a heads up. Jesus. So that, so that they don't immediately go on Twitter and bash me for, you know. Did you listen to the voicemail I sent you that that dude left? No. I forwarded you one. Oh, man, this dude hates you so much. <laughs> I sent you one. It's just this Wait, dude. Wait, you send me, you sent me this a while ago? No, I sent it to you like an hour and a half ago. Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't oh, God. You gotta listen to it. We don't have to talk about it. What does he, he say? What does he say about? He hates how you sit. He okay. watches the show on YouTube. Uh-huh. He he uh, and he hates your political opinions. Oh okay. Yeah. yeah yeah. You're not like all that political. I mean, on Twitter, I get a little political. I mean, I I keep it pretty tame. But uh, that's what I think. Like, you know, we know your opinions, but you're not like yeah obnoxious about it oh this guy's all in on barrett hate it's okay. very very funny voicemail but it sounds like he's he's uh he's still part of the clan fam so thanks for sticking with he's us. just disgruntled because <laughs> he disagrees with your your outside views yeah uh follow us on pa- on uh instagram at oysters clams cockles and on twitter at clams and cockles like us on facebook.com slash oysters clams cockles follow me on all social media this is ross at wr bolin all 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 over the place Veronica, where can you be followed? The people can follow me at Veronica Ruck, R-U-C-K-H, on Twitter and Instagram. V-M Ruck, if they want to hit me on Snapchat. What about you, Barrett? At Barrett Dudley, across all social media platforms. Wow. Yeah. We have a hotline number. Call the Oysters, Clams, and Cockles hotline at 866-43-CLAMS. Ask us a question, give us a take about the most recent episode we watched, maybe something we missed, something we messed up, whatever. 866-43-CLAMS is that number. If you want to buy an Oysters, Clams, and Cockles-themed shirt or Game of Thrones-themed shirt, we've got a shop for that. Grandex Shop, G-R-A-N-D-E-X shop.com slash O-C-C is the URL you're going to want to hit there to uh, buy yourself some gear. Now let's get into it. The Wolf and the Lion, written by Benioff and Weiss and directed by Brian Kirk who, as we've said now three times, also did the prior two episodes. Yeah. This is his third and final... And final. ...episode. 
Uh, start off in King's Landing. Ned is... Did y'all notice that CGI castle? Yeah, that was a bad, I did. Very bad castle. Felt like a Disney <laughs> castle. Yeah. yeah, Taylor pointed that out when we were watching. She was like, "That castle didn't look good." No, it did it's not. Like, Ooh, no. Did it didn't they change? Is it this? Do they use that same castle now, or we just never seen no, the castle? I don't yet? think it's the same castle. It just looks. It just looks much, real. Much better. It looks like not a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was bad. I mean, uh, and that's you know. We're talking about a seven-year difference in technology yeah, it here. Just yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not well, just and technology and budget and, and budget fandom. Yeah. It, it's something that I, I, I never really thought about the castles per se over this over the many seasons of watching the show. Right. But it turns out that a lot of them are CGI, which makes sense. There's not just like, you know tons of castles, castles out there to be used. And Heron Hall is laying around. But uh, I was listening to a podcast. Be a lot cooler if there was. Um, and it, it was an interview with uh, with Brandon Flowers of the Killers, and he was talking about how he was just he was just on like a tour where he was standing on those cliffs where like Tyrion and oh, uh, yeah. Jon Snow were like having their little and Varys bro- and Missandei and ha- are having their little brooding moments yeah. in the most recent season. And he's I like, mean uh, Melisandre, not Missandei. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, there's no castle behind behind those cliffs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. No, I mean you don't think about that because castles. You think all the CGI is just for things that don't exist, like right, dragons. Right. right. But yeah, the, the the castles are a very, very big part of that budget. Yeah, because they yeah, and they need them to look a certain way to like fit right. GRM's descriptions, basically. And so. at, at this point, they didn't quite have that down yet. Right. Let's yeah. just, or maybe you know, it was it was two seconds, yeah, so yeah, man. They're like, oh, second. fuck yeah, that yeah. castle. Um, the, the episode starts out with Ned being suspicious of Sir Hugh's death. We saw Sir Hugh go down after a lance splintered into his throat in the last episode the questions ned is raising are about you know he'd never worn this armor before mm-hmm. who made this armor for him where to get this armor how do you get guess, the money for the armor because the armor exposed his neck uh-huh. completely it was like low cut armor which trendy not well designed <laughs> maybe fancy but not well designed uh the circumstances around this guy's death are suspicious yes. and as we know that's because he was allegedly the guy who Poison John Aaron. Right. The knight and the knights for the uh, to match with uh, in the jousting rounds. They draw straws. Aye, but who holds the straws? Aye, and that's really the question. Who is the straw holder? Yes, is is what we're all trying to figure out on a day to day basis. Exactly. It's not me. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Uh, Robert King Robert Baratheon wants to joust in this tournament that's still going on. This this tournament that's in honor of. The new hand of the king. Yeah, that's not going to go so well for him, is it? And he's a great big old fat man who mm-hmm. doesn't fit in his armor anymore. Yeah. So this is, and he's he also uh, we've talked about this uh, before, but Lancel is like going through classic pledgeship. Oh my god! Just, well, Robert is using classic pledgeship techniques. He's on hazing him. his balls off. Just yeah, where you're like, where he's like, oh, you think that's funny? Do you? Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 no. And he's like. So you don't think that the joke my hand made was funny? Yeah, it's like this lose lose. You can't you can't give a right answer. You cannot give a right answer. Classic, classic. Oh, boys are so mean. That I that is not a thing we did. Yeah, it's just guys being dudes. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, my I had a couple questions here with these little with these scenes. How did Barristan go from fighting against Ned at the Trident? So he would have been fighting for the Targaryens at the Trident. To now being part of Robert's Kingsguard, I did, did they just lose? And he was like, "Oh, well, yep, switching sides now." I guarantee there's a storied history behind this yeah. that we will get a call about or an email f- or a tweet from Imbecile. somebody saying that we're imbeciles. Um, okay, well, when you call to tell us that we're imbeciles, 
can you also just fill us in on why they keep alluding to how Ned's dad and brother died, but they never fucking yeah. That, that doesn't story? seem important for the series, but we this got, we, season we got a lot of calls about Ned's dad and brother, and here's what's weird to me. Even out of the phone calls we got, they're uh, differentiating accounts okay. mm. from people who seem to think they know, like they're certain. So I don't even know which call to play. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. I, very clearly, there are descriptions somewhere on the internet or in the books or something somewhere along the way that tell exactly why and how they died. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the calls we got says that his father was burned alive and his brother died strangling himself trying to save his father which i don't even know what the hell that means or what was there like a rope in the way and he was what you know what i'm saying yeah, I, I don't know anyway so i just didn't play any of them mm. i didn't put any of the calls in because i don't know which one's right yeah so somebody tell us for the love of god but yeah, yeah no in the show they never explain it <laughs> and uh it's just like this thing hanging it's a mystery I, yeah. you know yeah. I, I can't that's that's the that's the point anyway to get back to lancel and and robert hazing him the other hazing tactic he uses is telling him to uh, go find the breastplate stretcher. Oh, yeah, that does not exist. Those, exist. those are not a thing <laughs> that exists, so his dumbass is just running around looking for something that doesn't exist. Classic yes. pledge tactic. I feel like that's fun, though. Like, it is. You get to be gone. Like, well, you'd sure. rather be away, like, searching oh, yeah, and no, searching that's for the... Yeah. That's part of that's it, yeah. That's basically yeah. a break. Yes. Indeed. But I, I guarantee you, Lancel would rather be anywhere in the world than within the same room as Robert right. at right. this point, who yeah. is just. So <laughs> on this endless goose chase. He tells him his mother was a dumb whore with a fat ass. <laughs> you can't yeah, say that to people. Not that's not nice. nice. Yeah. It's not nice at all. Um, we did get this little tidbit of information. Robert is stuck with Lancel as his little servant man. He's a squire. A squire, a squire at the behest of Cersei, who insisted. That Lance will be able to squire for Robert. So she can fuck him on the DL. Which is, cl- well, it's no, it's not. It's classic <laughs> Lannister Nepotism. tactics to, to keep an eye on him. They've got somebody right there. And it's an unsuspecting Lannister at that. The least threatening one in existence, to my knowledge at this point, who has got a very close eye on Robert. And should they need him to be able to pull something off, like giving him too much spiked wine while he's boar hunting later on, mm-hmm. he's right there. It's just just another example of how schemey these Lannisters. And she also does yeah. fuck him on the deal. And then she does have sex with him. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that is true. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, oh, we also find out that John Aaron is the one who convinced Robert to marry Cersei. Mm. That he said it would be a good match, and Robert still holds that against the late great John Aaron, as he fucking hates his wife mm-hmm. and his life. Okay, moving on. We meet the Knight of the Flowers, Sir Loris, for the first time. He gives Sansa a flower. That's he does. Nice. Yes. Fitting, fitting for his name, yes. The mountain is holding a real dinky-ass shield here. It real looks dinky. like a little fake like wooden shield that you'd get at the Renaissance Fair. So I don't think I noticed his I, shield. I have noticed this with many of the shields that, that take... that. Uh, Tyrion's shield that he's using to in the little that fight that takes yeah, place. Yeah. It looks kind of weird. Yeah. It's a little I mean, I guess maybe spare-ish. shields were kind of shitty back then. Like, some of them were just shitty wooden shields. But I feel like shields take a big step forward as the show goes they on. They do. They do. They like, do. They that are was like, they, they got, they they probably had, like, an amateur shield guy, and then they, like, brought in, like, the top shield guy in all of Hollywood. They were like, look, man, we've got enough budget. We gotta let you go. We we're bringing go. in a top br- shield man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was like low on their list of things, yeah. but they knew that they'd eventually have to get a good shield guy. And it's just one of those things. It's like uh, you can go without a good shield guy for a little while, and then eventually yeah. you just you have to have the best. You shield need a top guy. shield yeah. man. 
in order so, to. Um, yeah, of course, everybody knows see, that. Now they, what they did, they went they went straight ahead and got the top helm guy though. Oh, as evidenced by Loris's also wild ass he, rose flower helmet. He looks like helmet. he's wearing a platinum yeah. suit of armor. That's how shiny it is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Are fun. I like never notice their helmets, and I feel like every single time you're like, "Oh, do you notice that sick helmet?" Well, because they don't exist later on in the show. Yeah. I've got more helmet notes on this episode, so we'll we'll just get to it. I can't. Wait. I don't even notice like, them. It, it's they're just it, it's such a range. There's they're wildly different. Some of them are just goofy as all hell. Some of them are totally impractical, like the first, like the hounds in the first episode where the mountains is like bouncing up. Flapping I noticed mouth. that one, yeah. but I haven't, I didn't know. And then like this one is obviously, uh, this one is more in line with like the books, but it doesn't seem very practical for, it's like a, it's like a show helm for like jousting. It looks top, it looks oh, top yeah, heavy. I thought you'd but have it's, different it's, ones. It's definitely not like what you'd want in battle. So do you think they you know probably I mean? would yeah, have yeah, different oh, yeah, ones though? Yeah, yeah. Surely he's not wearing that thing. Like you have more than one hat. Well, and as he says, he's never he's been never in, been to battle. He's never been in battle. So true enough. Yeah. Um, what happens here is Sir Loris uses a horse that is in heat in order to properly distract the mountain's horse. I don't. Well, you're looking at me very confused. Uh, no. Well, I'm trying to. So I also don't know why him knowing that the I could not figure out why Loris knowing that the mountain's mare was in heat. No, no, no. So Loris's his, horse his is horse. the one that's in heat. Oh. And as a result, the mountain's horse can sense that and wants to fuck it. Oh. So okay. it's okay. distracted and all riled up. In. It's like, damn, I want some of that. That's okay. And instead of being focused and riding in a better straight line, I suppose yeah, yeah, he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why he, you know, he ends up getting chopped in half, okay. as horses do when they're horny. <laughs> Brutal scene. We talked about it last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, here you, it was. Here it was. You weren't looking forward to it, nope. but we see uh, the mountain chop his his horse clean in half with a comically large sword. Um, just in advance of that, Littlefinger and Lord Rinley have a little fun exchange in the audience there, gambling on who's going to win this this fight. Where they repeatedly toss insults back and forth at each other from everything from gay, there's gay jokes in there. Yeah. There's you don't have any friends jokes. Which, that's a harsh one. <laughs> Maybe you could buy a friend. Uh, anyway, fun fun stuff. Then, the mountain, after cutting his ho- horse in half, attacks Sir Loris with the intention of killing He's him. He's going to kill him, yeah. Apparently, he has, he has, through reasoning, figured out that he cheated with this horse that was in heat or something. Okay. He's angry Maybe at Loris. Is that yeah. cheating? I yeah. think it was just mad because he, he lost. It That too. But sure, whatever. I, I don't know. Yeah. The... It is. I think it's not considered cheating, but it's definitely there's no honor in using it's dirty. It's there's dirty no trick. honor in using a slutty horse. As Sansa says, Sansa says there is. He wouldn't do that. Yeah, but he he but he would. He did. But he would. He did. Um, the Hound intervenes. Yes, and this is where we get what has blossomed into the long await for uh, Clegane Bowl. This we, is the who, first we version. We got a mini Clegane Bowl. This is what spawned yeah. it all. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants more of this. Yeah. With a different mountain, but yeah. I don't want any more of this. It was intense. It's very intense. He almost gets his head chopped off because he it's it's odd because my vision and understanding of the hound as a character, like in season seven or even four, three along the way, uh wh- he's not the guy who would stop mid fight because the king right. said stop yeah. mid fight. And f- he's the guy who later on says, Fuck the king. You know, but that but was with when the Robert, king was Joffrey. Hound, the Hound. The Hound, yes. Right. Yeah. It, he uh, he uh, must he apparently respects Robert Baratheon enough 
to even when he's in the middle of a sword fight with his brother and could potentially have his head chopped off as a result, right, right. he drops to a knee when the king says, stop this, yeah. stop this nonsense. That, yeah, that's not very king. houndy, but it might be just that he hates the Lannisters, as many people seem to. So, what the hound, the hound you know, uh, Laura says, thank you, sir, I, I owe you my life. And the hound says, I'm no sir. So what exactly is the hound? Is he basically just like a bodyguard yeah. at this point? Yeah. 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 He's not a member of the King's Guard. He's not a knight. He's not a knight. He's basically uh He's a fixer. Yeah. So, uh, kind of just a, kind of a badass fixer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the role he takes for yeah. the first couple seasons is yeah. he's kind of just there doing shit at the Lannisters' behest. Um and Robert Rathians, obviously. Anyway, moving on. On the road to the Vale. Catelyn is taking Tyrion to be charged by her sister. Now, one of the things that kind of popped into my head here is why... So why the veil? And why Lysa Aaron, Lisa Aaron, instead of... I mean, I guess she's thinking, I can't take him back to Winterfell. Right. To be tried there. My husband's not even there. The Lord of Winterfell's not even there. Mm-hmm. Plus, that just looks worse, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's just... She just... Where else would she go? I don't know. That's just... Uh, she can't go to, like... I feel like that makes sense. Uh, yeah. I know that she's been... You know, she kind of tells Tyrion that she's been saying loudly and often that they're headed to Winterfell. But I think I think maybe she didn't feel like they could they would get all the way to Winterfell safely. So she thinks this is her best shot at an actual oh, yeah. trial yeah, slash... Even if, even if they, like... Even if they had like maybe tried to fake out the other way, like announced loudly that they were going to yep. the veil, it would still seem people. I, it feels like people would still be trying to cut them off. Easy to intercept to them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So that's that's kind of what I chalked it up to. So where and where are the Tullys she, at? Is the other question? They're 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 south. They're down in the in the river. River lands. run. River, oh. yeah, river run. It which is part of the Riverlands. Okay. If I have that correct. Because I feel like that would be the only other place she would have. Could have gone. So the inn where where they, you know, do a citizen's arrest of Tyrion, uh-huh. I, that's, I'm pretty sure that's in the Riverlands. Okay. Because okay. that's why all th- she sees all those knights there right. that are okay. loyal to her father, her father, Tully, that are all like her father's bannermen right? of, the, of the Riverlands. Or, or they were yeah. at one point loyal right. to her father. Yeah. Who's over there now? In the Riverlands? Yeah. The Tullys still are, I think. Yeah, but like which... I'm not sure which Tully's in charge. Is yeah, it the Blackfish? That's the what blackfish. I'm thinking, yeah. the Blackfish. Yeah. My uncle, the Blackfish. Mm-hmm. Cha. Uh, one thing Tyrion points out to Catelyn, he asks, like, how long has it been since you've, uh, yeah. you know, seen your sister? She's gone That's the other insane. thing. She, I think she thinks she has an ally at the Vale in Lysa, because right. that's, that's, that's where John, John Aaron was Lord of the Vale, who got killed. Lysa sent word about the, the Lannisters poisoning him. So, like, you'd think that this is, would be... It's a tr- yeah. You th- you she just go to your she's sister going to a safe place, right. Where with a sister that will be on her side and like you that's know. that's not mentally insane, right? Breastfeeding her nine year old, but things oh have obviously God, gone. That is so fucking. Things gross. have gone horribly awry in the veil. What the <laughs> what the hell? What? Yeah, I mean, mental illness is a real motherfucker, <laughs> and I, so I don't want to like you know bash the woman or anything, but dude. Everybody up there has to just be like, "Oh God, she's lost her yeah. fucking mind." Yeah, she's no, she's a psych. She's, she's a psychic. breastfeeding the kid on the throne and the yeah. it's just she's nuts. Ew, she's full on. Yeah. Nuts. Anyway, so Tyrion says she was always a bit touched, but implies that she's full blown psycho now. Yes. Like yeah. she has lost it up there. Um, 
one interesting thing. They get ambushed. Who, who is this? Who ambushed? Nobody them? knows. N- never explained. Okay. Random mountain people who are looking to make a quick score. Okay. Who the fuck right. knows? Looters. Pirate, yeah. 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 Uh, but Kings Road, Kings Road pirates, basically. <laughs> yeah. When they're when in the midst of this thing, Tyrion has a chance, a very clear chance to bail. He looks over. There's two unoccupied horses. He no longer is tied up. And it's the first time we see with like his character move toward mm-hmm. good. Because uh, he's painted as kind of an evil Lannister, as like part of the Trixie Lannister family. Is he? And I feel like he always felt neutral to me. He felt, I will say, he felt different than the other Lannisters. It certainly yeah. felt like maybe there was more to him than just being a little imp who loves to drink and, and spend his time oh, with yeah, prostitutes. Yeah, yeah. But this is the first real evidence that he's a good guy, where he instead decides to go back and save Catelyn. By killing his first man with a shield. He, he, I mean, first evidence is when he brings the the uh, the horse the saddle design oh, yeah. design to Winterfell. Yes. So we're we've been seeing we're building on we're Tyrion building. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is definitely another like you know. Yeah. Check in that in that column. Some affirmation that he's yes. a good guy. Yeah. Um, below it all, and no matter what the act he puts out. Yeah. I feel like we also still don't know how bad the Lannisters are. There's we definitely know varying degrees because we're still at the point in the show where Jamie's still worse than Cersei. Cersei, it's unclear how evil Cersei is or yeah. isn't. Cersei's, Cersei's evil right now seems warranted. Like, oh, her husband hates her and she kind of loved him for a minute. And, you know, she's just stuck in this terrible life, is how right. it feels right now. For a first uh, death, for the first person you're going to kill, pretty brutal. Very brutal. Yeah. Way to go about it, having to bash somebody's face in with the point <laughs> of a dinky. Of a dinky shield. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Big episode for shields. Huge episode for shields. <laughs> you can support this podcast by checking out manoutfitters.com. If you want to know what Man Outfitters is, Barrett will explain it to you. Man Outfitters is an online destination for men's clothing and wares. Mm. Some say the best clothing and wares in the game. The best wares in the realm. Yeah. Um, it's got a great app. Go on your on your smartphone, iPhone or Android, iOS or Android. Download the Man Outfitters app. Uh, I like the app because at the very bottom there is the new tab, which I just opened mine. I've got a blue dot. That means that there has been new stuff added since the last time I checked. Booyah. And you That's know what exciting. It, you know what it is. What is it? It is a restock of all the Patagonia hoodies that we sold out of. Oh, yeah. that's huge news. That's huge. Uh, look, I'm telling you, I, it, these things sell out for a reason. We were lucky to get them restocked. So if you, I know you need a new hoodie. They're all the rage right now. Winter is, is coming. It is October. Winter is coming. So you know, do you know we're getting a mini cold front here? I heard that. It I'm is very excited. S- the high, the high is freezing cold here tomorrow. Seventy-four degrees. My God. Yeah. That's kind of yes, cold. Bust out your Uggs and your hoodies, okay? I'm going to have to get okay, on manoutfitters.com and use the code DRAGON to get 10% off my will. entire You're order. You're going to need overnight shipping, too. Yeah. There's also um, there, there's socks. I know I've talked a lot about Stance socks, but there are some new Vineyard Vine socks, and they look cozy AF. Ooh. Yeah. So get on there and dragon. use code DRAGON, dragon. For, uh, for 10% off your entire order. I mean, dragon. it's just... 
there's a ton of dope stuff on there right now, and it would really be a shame if you didn't go on there and check out manoutfitters.com or the Man Outfitters app. Hit manoutfitters.com, load your card up, use the code DRAGON, get 10% off your whole order. There's also exclusive sales. Uh, things are up to like 50% off or more within the app that Barrett just told you about. If you download the Man Outfitters app from the iOS or Android store, there's even more sales stuff there, which... Dragon. Go save yourself some money. Get some good stuff for fall and winter. All right, moving on. Dragon. To Winterfell. <laughs> hey. Uh, I, the only real part about this... So Maester Lewin is, touch, is teaching Bran, who is in a very foul mood, I might add, um, about the different sayings that each family has. Each, each family's... Uh, what do you call it? Words. Right? Yep. They're words. They're words. Um, and Theon is sitting there practicing archery, being the pompous ass that he is, nailing bullseye after bullseye, but says that the Greyjoys are famed for archery, uh, lovemaking, or something else, and, and Maester Lewin throws serious shade his direction with, and failed and rebellions. failed rebellions, yeah. Which... Is not wrong. Well, and then... In a little bit later scene when Theon is banging out Roz, the, yeah. the Prost. <laughs> first of all, we got our first uh, full frontal male nudity of the show. Very easy to forget. but I see still forget it and it just happened. Theon's penis. No way. Very prevalent penis. Theon's was, penis. It's an important penis. Uh, okay. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I guess uh, I was taking notes on my phone, as I do. And uh, I must have looked down right as... Well, uh, you missed a hell of a dick. Right as we got a, a, a cock shot. You missed yourself a dick there. Oh, that's too bad. Anyway, we get more truth out of this scene uh, from, from Roz on Theon's situation as Ward. And it just keeps getting brought up. This, this Theon's backstory and why he's in Winterfell and why he's raised by the Starks is like we're like being beaten over the head with it at this point. It's obviously yeah. very important, a huge element of his character. Yeah, the, the, there are definitely in the in this rewatch, there are a lot of early signs that he's kind of like torn on this whole thing. Yeah, yeah more than I realized. And he's still originally. he's very very proud of being a Greyjoy. Mm -hmm. Yes, like he thinks that they're like the coolest people in the whole realm. And yeah. it's obviously hurts him great a great deal that he was that his dad essentially gave him up yeah. as a bargaining chip. I mean it wouldn't feel great. But you know, the the whole thing about how like n no lord in in Westeros can look down on the Greyjoys. Right. Like, yeah, they they kinda can because y'all y'all suck. Yeah, they do suck. They yeah. <laughs> Failed rebellions. They're not great. Yeah. Uh I I don't know what the, the I mean it's pretty clear what would cause that level of insecurity within Theon related to his family and all that. It's just, I never realized when I first watched season one exactly how that all played into his character as a whole. And I think part of the rewatch is giving me more insight onto, it gives you why he makes some of the decisions he makes down the road. Right. 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 And I think they, they nail it by giving us as much backstory as they do on him. Mm -hmm. I did not, the first time I watched this, I don't think I understood what was going on with him at all. I, don't, I really there. don't think I did either. He's not yeah. there. I don't get it. Yeah, and it's just, kind of, I mean, you got to think that if you do this to somebody, that you this is what you're risking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, because he's not really, he's not. He's like, not your people, man. He's not a prisoner, but he kind of is, like. Especially with him. I, they, I they don't know, you're just. They you should know? have seen the red flags. Yeah. He's pretty clearly torn up about all this shit still. Yeah. And the older he gets, the more of a danger it becomes. Right. 
Uh, back in King's Landing, Varys meets with Ned in secret, sort of, I guess. Ned, it's weird, because Ned has a guard outside the door, right? Yeah. He's got one of his men, one of his men from Winterfell, outside mm-hmm. the door. Varys comes in and like proceeds to shut all these windows. Windows that are not solid and would very easily be able, you could hear through them. Just a weird thing that I noticed. Like, he's shutting a window where... I think it was almost on purpose for Ned to be like, look, we're in secret. Like, Trust me. Trust me. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Well, Varys gives Ned a lot of info, including that John Aaron was murdered by the Tears of Lys. He gives him the type of poison that was used. Um, and that Robert is at the risk of suffering the same fate is yes. essentially what, what he's getting at here with Ned. He implies that Sir Hugh poisoned John Aaron, which we we talked about earlier. Yes, except, well, right, and the and the thing that I that I took away from this is is after after the first implications were thrown, mm-hmm. you know, accusations were made against Sir Hugh. I was kind of like, oh, this is just a total red herring. Like, this right. guy had nothing yeah. to do with it. I I I I think he did. He I legit he did poison. I think he was the one to yeah. administer the poison. Yes, and Littlefinger paid him to do it. Right, and then had him killed. Right. Yeah, because the, the the implication and what you get out of like if you go back and watch the scene where Sir Hugh dies, Littlefinger seems very aware yeah. that yeah. that's about to happen. Yeah, like he knows he set all this shit up perfectly. I don't know how you know that your 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 man's lance is going to splinter through his neck, but you know Littlefinger's a smart guy, right? And, these you, and you, up. you just you know he he tilts everything in his favor so that the chances are good right. of something yeah. working out. And you know him. He, that, he, he, that's he, his he skill cer- set. He certainly had a plan B and C, I'm oh, sure, I'm if, sure yeah. did, if, if, if that didn't happen. Plan A just happened to work perfectly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, Tears of Lease, important. They get used again. I think, tears are the Tears of Lease what eventually is used against... Uh, Elena? Is that what you're going to say? And not against Joffrey. No, not against Joffrey, but you know, the Sand Snake who kisses Marcella. Marcella, no, thank no, you. No, also no. Tears of Lys, no, not the Tears of Lys. Mm-hmm. Different poison. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool, cool name for a poison. Tears of Lys. Yes. Yeah. Um, Arya is running around chasing cats and sees what I think is supposed to be Balerion the I Dread think so. Skull. Yes. Yeah. It's quite different. Yes. And it's it's almost like they just went and grabbed a T Rex skull, right? Because right. it has massive teeth. Yeah, it just looks completely different than the dragon it's, skulls do now, yeah. which is just something interesting to note. But they look awesome now. They do. I mean, so they looked awesome change. then. It's just completely different look. Mm-hmm. Uh, he she catches when she's down there in the dungeons chasing cats. She sees Varys meeting with Illyrio, the dude who set up. Is that okay? That's yes, who that this was. is who this was. It's Vis- the guy that was hosting Viserys and Danny Kay. across the narrow sea. Mm. Uh, now, I didn't realize who it was. Yeah, his name is Illyrio Mop- Mopatis, and he's a magister of Pentos and supporter of House Targaryen. What ends up happening here is Arya gets locked out for some reason as a result of them locking a door behind them. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the one she came through anyway. Long story short, she has to go outside. But one of my questions. That I we can just get to it now. I don't think I wanted to bring it up till later. But all right, so Varys meeting with Illyrio. No, yeah, no, we need to talk about this. And Illyrio being a Targaryen supporter. Yeah, Varys is is supposed to be a Targaryen supporter already, correct? This that's scene, what it seems like. This scene where they're talking in the dungeons, I, I feel like I could watch it ten times and still not exactly 
there was a lot to be able to tie it all together because yes it makes him seem like he is currently right now already already supporting the targaryen claim to the throne yes and he talks about how at the same time he's talking about how ned is a different type of hand that he's putting the pieces together that he has the book now right Mm mm-hmm and Illyrio says, like, well, one hand it has been killed. We can, like, can't another one, basically. Right. And he's like, no, not not, not this one, basically. Yeah, I don't. I didn't get the... It gets very confusing. They're, so they're talking about Robert's bastards, as, and then they're also talking about Daenerys. Okay. Right? Yeah, right. I mean, I just... What, what, what doesn't make sense to me is that if Varys is already... Team Danny or yeah. Team Viserys or Team whoever the fuck Team right. Targaryen. Yeah, it makes a lot of his other things that he decides upon not make sense. Like later in the episode, they have this He's massive the realm and this massive argument over whether or not to kill Danny's right and Danny and her unborn child. Yeah, and Varys is advocating for that. Yes. Well, that might just be to stay on the good side of exactly. That doesn't. I, I think that's to stay on Robert's good side. That, yeah, in that position, he needs to. That's the face that he has to put on. He has to act. Okay. Yeah, I didn't fa- put in any stock into that. Well, what it does give me that I didn't have is a much better, even better appreciation for how much power Varys has. He's way more important than I gave him credit for this early on. Yes. To be playing both sides of the fence in such a major way. Yeah. But I don't under okay, what I don't understand is why he's team Danny at this point. If he's all like I serve the realm, the for y- all I he knows that's a psycho. Y- like the he other doesn't possibility know. Is that this is just a man keeping every single one of his options open. Sure. But yeah. I do also think if you if you get down the line where Varys gives you what Veronica's referencing, which is that he will always serve the realm and do what's best for the realm Maybe he's done enough research into the Targaryen situation over there and has enough information to know that Danny would be a good ruler already. Or but at Sarah's the very is least, still in the way over there, so he's eh, only temporarily. And at the very least, you would have to be able to. I mean, he's essentially has to look around King's Landing at all the psychos and fat yeah. drunkards that are ruling yeah. there, and he's just deciding we need something else. Right. Like this is not what what is gonna. This is not gonna work. Right. Basically. Uh, speaking of Varys, immediately afterward, he has this meeting with Littlefinger in the throne room. One of the great Game of Thrones scenes ever. Dude, yeah. so good. Uh, it's like a knowledge standoff. Yes. They're just like yeah. trying to prove who knows more who than knows the other. Yeah. One weird implication is that Littlefinger implies Varys is a pedophile uh, when he questions like the little boys that he uses as his sparrow or his little birds or whatever. So I think he's trying to... This is, I don't, it's not true. I don't think so either. He's trying to like either get Varys to kind of acknowledge that that is something that he's into. He's, he's either prying he's, or just he's trying he's to get under his skin. Or like kind of like acting like he knows yeah. just to mm-hmm. see if he can get like a little bit of like a confirmation. And Varys like does not respond to it at all basically. No. It gives he, him yeah. nothing because that's not, because that's not Varys. And Varys, the way he does respond is by naming all of the predilections he does know that other people, people get through Littlefinger. People ha- get through <laughs> Including Littlefinger. like cadavers and shit. Like yeah. Very rough stuff. Um, Realistically, wh- if Varys was into kids, he doesn't have a wiener, so... 
I well, mean, the point is he's not. It's very clearly, right. at this point in the show, it definitely casts doubt on Varys' character as a viewer. You're like, wait, what? Even though his response is like pretty pretty ironclad, I still was like, it, it casts him in a questionable I feel, light. But I feel that way even still. I, I don't think he's a pedophile, but I still felt creepy whenever we eventually find out for Sherzy's that all his little birds... Our kids, kids. Yeah. I felt creeped out by that. Well, it's still like a little. I mean, it's that, creepy. No matter what, that's gonna, that's a little predatory. Well, but also, yeah. also, yeah. there's this angle, though. You know what? I think you're right. I think it's, he's still preying on kids in some way, even if it's not like sexually. In defense like, of Varys, he that's how he got his come up, though. Yeah, he was one of those little kids. Oh, he was. That had to work his okay. way up from the fucking streets to where he is now. So. Yes, it is a little predatory, strictly speaking, but I also think he sees it as giving those little kids opportunity. Yeah. Um, one, one of my favorite quotes in this exchange is Varys says that he uh, saw Littlefinger, I think, meeting with the hand, meeting mm-hmm. with, with Ned, and Littlefinger says, with your own eyes, and he says, with eyes I own. Yeah. Just a great play on words. That's, yeah, such a good twist there. The... This entire exchange was a uh, pleasant reminder of how good the writing was back in even season one, yeah. two, yeah. three. Like, just a lot better than it was in this most recent season we yeah. watched, season seven. But anyway, Littlefinger also knows that he has this foreign dignitary that he's been talking to. Which is huge. So that's he's al- got a- already, he's basically threatening like, well, I could just tell Robert that you're conspiring with the Targaryens. The beauty of the whole situation is that it's essentially a standoff. They both have information about each other that could ruin the other. So they're just like, all right, well, let's keep going about (laughs) doing our thing. Like, they're not on the same team, but they're also not going to fuck each other because they could both ruin each other's lives fairly easily. So do they know... Do they know what each other's end goal is at this point? No, I don't think so. I mean, because... Do we even know what their end goals are? Not really. We still don't. We certainly don't know what Littlefinger's end game is. Uh, in this season, even like within, I almost still feel like we never fully knew. It just was more and more. Was but I think by the time we lose Littlefinger, we have a pretty good understanding of how he operates and what it is that he's trying to achieve and why he does all the things he did, which is just like we've discussed many times, like to create chaos right. so that he can climb right. His as own high, yeah, as high as he possibly can. He just wants more and more power. Yes. It's not like anything specific. I feel like there I, is no I, end goal. It's just more and more and more yeah, power. Yeah. And then with Varys. As far as we know through season seven, he truly is trying to make the best decisions that he can for the realm. Now, that may or may not come to pass as something that is truly what his North Star is. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but that's what we've got so far on him anyway. Uh, The one other thing in King's Landing, Yorin from the Night's Watch visits Ned. This is very weird to me. I want an explanation here. I do not know if you guys will have one, but... He rides half the day and night and damn near kills his horse on Benjen's behalf to tell Ned that his wife has taken the imp, Tyrion. Why in the hell is is the Night's Watch involved in this in any way? How did Benjen know? How is this on Benjen's behalf? This whole this the way that played out was very odd to me. And I don't know if it's just the way they had to force it so that somebody could tell Ned about what's happened with Tyrion, that his wife has captured him. But Maybe Benjen just wanted to go. And he was like, yo, I gotta go tell my brother. And Benjen like, didn't go, though. This is Right, y- that's what I'm saying. That's why he went on his behalf. He's like, all right, fine. Well, if I can't go, somebody's gotta fucking go. I'm, how did Ned. Benjen even know? He's I don't supposed know that. to be 
on a ranging mission north of the wall. Maybe he had a chat with the Three-Eyed Raven. Something happened because this dude, Yorin, who's in King's Landing to recruit, he's the recruiter who yes. spent time with Tyrion in episode yep. two. Yep. He, this is not his job. Right. And right, he's there right. informing Ned of something very big, warning Ned of a serious, serious problem, but it's yeah. not real clear why Yorin is the one with that information. I need to go back and watch that scene again because you're right. He does mention Benjen, but I, 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 I'm not really tying the, that together either. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If anybody does know, Feel free to hit us up. Uh, back at the Vale, Catelyn arrives to the Eyrie with Tyrion. Uh, before we jump to the Vale, oh, sure. there's also just, you know, they're just kind of hitting us in the head with it when Arya asks oh. Jory, you wouldn't let anything happen to my dad, right? Like, Aww. you wouldn't let anybody kill him. Kill him. And he's like, no, of course not. She's like, how many men do we have? <laughs> he's like, 50. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Yeah, that was a pretty big indicator. Pretty yeah. big foreshadowing right there that we all should have seen. I feel like we did. I I mean, I didn't think it was going to happen, but I knew something bad was going to happen. I knew they were going to try. I knew they were going to betray him or something. It's tough to look at it in hindsight because this season of Game of Thrones changed the television world so yes. much mm-hmm. and made so many things that normally would not be possible to right. include in a narrative possible yeah. that I, I'm... Like ninety nine percent sure that I was just watching the show. Like that, I, I like, definitely was. There's no fucking way I picked on that up. <laughs> uh, there's no way I picked that up as foreshadowing. Yeah. Like, ooh, this guy could be in trouble. I was like, that's the main character. Yeah. They're just talking about how many mini has. No big deal. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I could have figured out maybe something bad was going to happen, but I thought he'd like escape. Yeah. You know, and it would be still chill. So <laughs> yes, on to the veil, and here's where I have more helmet notes because this yes of the veil that greets them has a sick ass helmet. Very cool helmet. It's awesome. Why don't, if I was a knight, I'd be like, like later you have the, the when, when um, Jamie and, uh, and, and some of the Lannister guards, right. or whatever. Square off with Ned. Square off with Ned. They've got those big, dumb, wide helmets. They just look stupid. And that here, here we are in the veil with this knight, just with this dope-ass helm. I would like it if there was more consistency to the badassness of the helmets. I will say the goat of all helmets in any movie or TV show ever is Maximus and Gladiator. It's a good one. The 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 spike, like spikes on a head, it like mm-hmm. comes down. Yeah, that one yeah. is fucking, now I'm just staring at a picture of it. Yeah, so anyway, good helmet. Helmet notes, always, always appreciated. So... To be clear about something, the Eyrie is the stronghold, the castle thing. The veil is the area. Yes. Okay. The city. Yes. Okay. I, do, I, get, I, start, I was like, fuck this. I'm sick of hearing both. Which yeah. one is what? Looked it up. That's yeah. the answer. Uh, we got one quote that comes back into play in season seven here where Bronn is talking to Tyrion, and Tyrion says, I hear the Eyrie is impregnable. Yes. And yeah. Bronn says, give me ten good men and some climbing spikes. I'll impregnate the bitch. Yep. Okay. What does impregnable mean in terms of a place? Not penetrable. You can't get in. Like, okay. you cannot get in. Okay. Yeah. But okay. but Bronn... No, I got it. He made it sexual. He could... Yeah, no, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Robin Aaron sucking, sucking some milk. <laughs> he's feeding He's just got it all over his mouth Dude they dude. cast it's that kid so good He's so gross looking Oh so gross I know Got a milk mustache Honestly 
get around? Like, how do they do that? IRL. Like, what are the actors doing? Well, <laughs> it's probably, in, when he's suckling, probably it's probably like a prosthetic. <laughs> yes, there's no way that the, there's, no, <laughs> there's way. no way he's actually sucking there's that actress's no tit because the kid is too old. A, but it is an interesting thing to like have to explain to a child actor. Like, all right, so the scene here, you're too old to be breastfeeding, <laughs> but yeah. you're gonna be breastfeeding because you're sick and your mom's a psycho, uh, and we need you yeah. to act a little unhinged. Yeah. Like, how do you explain this character? That's that's a great point. You got to give the kid some credit because he crushes actor, it. Yeah. Yes, he's so good, man. He comes off as like In incredibly psychotic. In fact, I psychotic. just think he's a weirdo. Like, yeah, I'm like, oh yeah. no, they just found a weirdo to do this. That very well could be the case that no they found way. a super creepy kid. No way. Because you'd have to be to play that. Yeah, you got to, f- and you probably, I think what I, they probably try to find like an older kid that l- can that looks, looks a little younger. younger, so that he'll have a better so understanding. They, so he is, understands a little bit better, like exactly what. To be completely honest, if I'm that kid's mom, I'm not. I'm. You're not gonna take this <laughs> job. You'll figure something else out. Gross. Uh, um, the end result of this entire little conversation here. Catelyn starts to see that Lisa, Lysa, what, what, how? Lysa. Lysa is a little. She's losing it a bit. She's yeah. been up there too long. Yeah, she's cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's she's a little nuts. Mm-hmm. They lock Tyrion in one of these sky cells, which so cool, coolest concept yeah, for so a cool. jail cell of intent. all time. Yeah. yeah. Holy crap! Uh, where he'll spend, I think, the next episode as well. Very cool. Yeah. Um, just a small note in that cell it's it's when he's thrown in there and he like stands up and realizes his circumstances we get a full shot from the you know outward angle mm-hmm. it says time to fly time to fly on the wall like twice just creepy some dude mm-hmm. like wrote in it his own okay. blood and then jumped off is the what's assumed there another way to support this podcast Barrett since you just asked off mic is uh <laughs> I did, I did. By going to Lisa.com slash dragon. L E E S A dot com slash dragon and checking out Lisa Mattress. You're gonna want to go to that specific URL because you can get a hundred dollars off your brand new Lisa mattress by going to Lisa.com slash dragon. Dragon. Lisa is an innovative direct to customer consumer online mattress brand that is also socially conscious. How so? They're driven by the mission to provide a better place to sleep for everybody. They donate one mattress to a shelter for every 10 they sell, which is huge. They plant one tree for every mattress sold and donate 1% of each employee's time to volunteer for local causes. We, all three of us, now sleep on a Lisa mattress. We sure do. And it is glorious. And it is comfortable. And I have never slept better. These are 100% American-made mattresses. They ship straight to to your door in a box. So it's super easy. You order it online. It shows up to your house. You take it and put it in front of your bed, you take it out of the box, you unroll it, and then you cut this plastic thing on the side and it just inflates into this beautiful, luxurious mattress. It's actually kind of weird. Yeah. It is kind of weird. Because you don't think it would be as nice as it is based on how you yeah. unfold it and, it's so and inflate quick. it. It's, it's quite, it inflates in like... It's magical. Quite a bit of sorcery that they've, they've yeah. uh, come up with here to, to do this. Somebody at least knows science. Yeah. And that is just <laughs> something I'm not familiar with. <laughs> Lisa.com, L-E-E-S-A dot com slash dragon. Dragon. $100 off your whole order. Get a brand new mattress. They're freaking awesome. Uh, We're going to take a break. We'll be right back to keep this episode going. Hey, this is Dave, and I'm with the Dudes Doing Business podcast. We are a business lifestyle podcast for 
you kids who are about to graduate and anybody who's even, you know, a few years out of school or maybe you're like a 45-year-old man or woman, we're for you too. Anybody that's trying to figure out how to navigate their professional career. We do hotline calls from listeners and we try to be as insightful as possible while keeping it fun and lighthearted. Yeah, the kids love us. The occasional 90s grunge era skateboard banter as well. Yeah, we might talk grunge. We might talk, you know, pop punk. We might talk, uh, you know, old... uh, old anything vintage business nothing's off limits we're here for you if you got questions we take emails we got a hotline like madison said just give us a chance to earn your business that's all we ask for find us again it's at dudes doing biz on twitter and instagram subscribe dudes doing business thanks okay we are back let's check out king's landing we've got this very big small council meeting that ned gets uh this very big small council meeting it's good very lord important that that Small council meeting. Thank you. Ned is some uh, uh is is uh summoned. Yes. Jeez, I'm falling apart. He's summoned too. Robert has found out that Danny Daenerys Targaryen is pregnant, and he has decided that he wants her and her unborn child dead, as well as Viserys, her brother. He wants them all wiped out. He's. We know how Robert feels about the Targaryens. He wants to kill every single living one of them. We know why because of Lyanna Stark. He believes that Rhaegar kidnapped and raped her, and so on and so on. Uh, what we get here is that Varys is the one who's getting this information for Robert Baratheon. He's got Sir Jorah Mormont yes. across the Narrow Sea working as a spy on his behalf. Now, this is where what we talked about earlier gets even more confusing to me. So, yeah. remember how a couple, like last episode or the episode before... Yep. When Jorah finds out Danny is pregnant, yes. he immediately gets like that ghost white look on his face and he's like, I have to ride to so-and-so real yep. quick to go. He's obviously going to give information to yeah. whoever his contact is across the Narrow Sea. And we were, to- we were discussing whether or not if perhaps him finding out she was pregnant was the final straw in him deciding he can't go through with assassinating mm-hmm. her or what the deal was there. Right. Well, it turns out he did report that back to Varys. That is what he did, yep. So, But, like, if Varys is on their team, then why is this bad, you know? Because that's what makes it so confusing. Varys still gives that information to Robert. Right. Hmm. So regardless of the fact that we're, we're getting these two sides to Varys that don't match up. I right. think Varys doesn't know what team he's on. I think he just wants all the info, and he's just... Playing J- the whole meeting side. with Illyrio in the dungeons, though, really made it seem like that's the real Varys. Like, what reason would he have to be meeting mm-hmm. with this foreign dignitary underground? Yeah, you know what I mean. It just yeah, it's 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 confusing. Yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know, but this is causing a ton of conflict amongst the small council. Uh, mainly, just Ned. Ned's the only one who appears to be on the side of like, come on, we can't murder this pregnant child, which is what she's framed up as still. Um, and as a result, Ned turns in his hand to the kingpin, says, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I'm not going not gonna to be part of this. Not going to be a part of it, and gives his best friend his uh, two weeks' notice. Robert freaks out. It appears Just that as we'd expect, Ned, Ned on his way, yes, as we would expect, he is quite... Irate. Yeah, he's like... Uh, he's, he's really taken the, like, I'm the king, I get what I want thing too far. And has no respect for what anybody else believes. He has a point. funny yell voice. It's like a <laughs> just 
like a it's cartoonish almost like oh you yeah. know what else I'm he was the in king. what a knight's tale with heath ledger he is what is he he's like one of heath ledger's squire buddies mm-hmm. that yeah oh yes yeah yeah not very kingly there nope, nope. opposite of a king there anyway. uh, i love a knight's tale so Ned decides he's going to bail. He's essentially like, all right, this place is a mess. King's Landing is about to like implode. I got to get out of here, get my family out of here, get to safety. I don't know what these Lannisters are doing. We're going back to Winterfell. But Littlefinger comes into his chambers as he's like packing up his shit and getting ready to get his kids in bail and convinces him not to leave immediately so yep. that he can show him the last person John Aaron spoke to when he was alive. What we know now is that Littlefinger's actually just trying to stall to keep him from leaving yes, King's Landing. Yes, this is a plot. Yep. This is where... <laughs> Littlefinger's guilt as the betrayer of Ned Stark is like fully confirmed for the first time, really. Um, anyway, yeah, that was just interesting to, me. interesting to me. Then we flash over to our first uh, gay scene of the show where Loris is shaving his lover, Renly Baratheon. We had a gay-ish scene before this with Danny and what's uh, her face? Yeah, sort of, yeah. But, gay-ish. First off, we don't really know shit about Rinley yet, other than other than that he's Robert's younger brother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's mention of Stannis in this scene as Rinley's older brother. Right. So Stannis is the middle brother. Uh, we still haven't met Stannis. Oh, no, I think or Stannis I, is the older. Stannis the oldest. is the oldest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he right, looks right. the oldest. And that's what part of Stannis' axe to grind he has with the entire situation is that he was like passed over or whatever. That he should have been, that he should be king over Robert even. No, because no. Robert, it was Robert's rebellion. Yeah. Robert took the throne. Stannis, Stannis only, Stannis thinks that he has the claim once the war of the, 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 right. the best the claim once the war of the five kings starts. Okay, got you. Yeah. Got you. Which makes sense. Which is, right. Yeah. Yes. Um... Rin, well, Loris starts to plant a seed here yeah. in Rinley's ear with in in a with just a classic setup. It's like here, let me tell you something that you should do. Followed by BJ, yeah, works every time. It, it would it would work on me. Yeah, I'll go do whatever, uh, pretty, pretty much, much anything. <laughs> yeah, if you, almost anything. If I'm gonna get a blowjob immediately <laughs> after being told. Yeah, yeah, that's how uh, it works. Just that's just life as a man. Yep, gay or straight. Yep, we all want the same thing. <laughs> Um, but anyway, he he he's got this whole idea built up in Rinley's head now that he could be a king. For, well, why is he shaving him? Why is he sh- every hair on his body? Because he because he, he likes he li- it. That's how he likes it. And Rinley's just like, yeah, nobody will notice that I'm just a, a hairless man. Well, who's looking at him naked? Yeah. He's got no armpit hair. Who's seeing he's that? He's going around wearing tank tops and yeah. Westeros. Oh, you never see his calves or anything? I guess not. No, you got to wear pants in Westeros. I think it's fine. I think that's like. Loris is no. kind of a little twink, and he lets what he wants Renly to be more like too. Fair enough. He's like a, although Loris is quite the sword fighter. I mean, Loris, it's he's a, it's like the woman, you know, like you think. What's that line? He's the head, and you're the neck. Like Loris is the neck. I don't know that what's line. What's the line? Something like the man is the head of the family, but the woman's the neck, and like really the woman's in control of it. Oh, uh, holding okay. up the head. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh. Loris is the neck. Uh, just another note about said blowjob. Gratuitous sucking noises. I didn't notice them. Oh, they're there. They're there. It's the same, the same in fact, noises from that Tyrion happen from Tyrion. Getting yeah. a blowjob okay. from uh, Ross. They probably just reused they, it. It's seriously... <laughs> it, I, they have the same, same technique. I wish, I wish I didn't have such a good ear that I could tell you this, but they didn't reuse them. These are totally different <laughs> sucking noises. 
I could just, I'll just tell you. I'm up, probably right the front. same person made both noises, though. No, I don't know. You never know. I, Loris, the actor strikes me as a guy who makes his own sucking noises. You think? Yeah. Method. All right. Method. Uh, Robert to Cersei. He's, isn't Loris Tyrell the, he's, he's the star of this show on stars, I think, called Outlander. Is he? Yeah. Taylor watches Outlander. I don't. I'm not an it's Outlander guy. It's supposed to be great. It's supposed to be really yeah, good. Yeah, she's supposed to be fantastic. Yeah. I, we still pay for stars every month just so she can watch that show. There you go. Uh. Anyway, Robert and Cersei meet. A lot of information packed into a very small scene here, but big points, big takeaways. Uh, we get the line from Robert: "Only a fool would meet the Dothraki in open battle, yep. or in an open field, whatever." Yep. And Robert is extremely concerned. Like at first when we're in the small council meeting and he's trying to explain why they need to kill Danny, her baby, Viserys, whatever, he kind of just comes off as like a paranoid old man, mm-hmm. like an angry, fat yeah. Yeah. old dude. And But this, this scene with Cersei to me was a little more revealing into why he's so freaked out by all this. He gets into, you know, what happens if these people make it across the narrow sea with 40,000 Dothraki screamers and the only choice we have is to hold ourselves up in the castle and all of our people outside of the castle are going to get slaughtered how long before they see Viserys as the rightful yeah. heir to the throne instead right. of Robert and turn on them is right. basically and it's a very good point yeah uh, everybody else just seems to think it's way too real un- like that it's so unrealistic that the Dothraki would cross the sea that it shouldn't even matter but Robert's spot on here man like he saw all this shit coming from Yep. A, a long time before anybody else. Uh, they also have Cersei and Robert a conversation about Lyanna Stark, who Cersei has never ever brought up apparently. And I feel bad for Cersei in this scene. Well, this is not. This is the most redeeming scene for Cersei ever, ever I, in I, the history of the show. In the whole show, yeah. It's the. It's the the. It's the most empathetic that you ever feel for her. And it gives you, similarly to how we get so much information about why Theon is the way he is, because of how what happened to him as a kid, because he was given to the Starks, because of his background as a Greyjoy, this to me is the most revealing thing about Cersei we ever get. Yeah. Because it, pa- it paints up the whole reason that she's there, the whole reason she even got married to this guy. All, all of the... The situation with Lyanna, that she he really loved her and not Cersei at all. Yep. Uh, it, it gives you a better idea of why she is who she is. Yeah, when you even get a glimpse of like when she talks about how she actually did feel something for him. Yeah. And they lost that son. Right. It's like, had there ever been a real shot for them, and had that, and had their true son been born, like everything, everything could be totally be different, different. Yeah. But. And he even says, like, there was, there was, for him, there was never, there was never a real opportunity for her to, like, be somebody that he was going to love. However, was going to love and and cared about, like, I think if, if their son together was a son she was raising, that would have changed everything for her, though. She wouldn't have been, like, I feel like she wouldn't have killed off the father of her actual son that she yeah that's what we're saying like, it would have been totally different yeah. maybe you're right right maybe yeah maybe he right. wouldn't have still loved her but she would have been like you know what well and i kind of think maybe you need both of those pieces for things to have been drastically different right. but yeah had there yeah. had their real son been 
I mean, I don't know. You know Cersei cares more about her kids than the father of her kids. Yeah. As evidenced by season seven. True. True. So, but yeah, yeah, you, you, you do, you see a window into like Cersei's headspace here. And then the other big thing, and you, and, and this kind of ties back to like the earlier, the, the scene from earlier in the episode where Robert really wants to go joust and he wants to see somebody's blood and he just wants to like, just wants somebody. to be a warrior again. Yeah. yeah and, and he, and he says in this scene that it's like, Having Lyanna Stark taken from him left a void, left this hole that not even seven kingdoms could fill. The line is, I only know she was the one thing I ever wanted. Someone took her away from me, and seven kingdoms couldn't fill the hole she left behind. Yeah. So it's like, you kind of just, we keep getting this, that like Robert, he's not really a leader. He didn't really Mm -hmm. want to be king. No, he just wanted Lyanna. He just wanted Lyanna, and he like, freaked out when she was taken away from him, started this rebellion that he ended up winning and is kind of like stuck in this position yeah. that he doesn't really want to... Which is why he just drinks and yeah. has sex with prostitutes all yeah. day because he's and just miserable. And then the other crazy thing that that, that we glean from this scene uh, is that, I mean, they've been at this for 17 years already. That's a long like it has been, time. Robert has been ruling for quite a while and John Aaron was Hand of the King for yeah. a while. What's wild to me is when... She says the whole, like, I felt something for you once, you know, even after we lost our first boy. And she asks Robert, uh, like, was there ever a chance for us? And his his answer, like, the straight up flat no. Mm-hmm. She, it gives you, like, Cersei. You feel bad for her. Well, also, she reveals, I can't remember exactly what she says, but she basically reveals that she feels nothing anymore. That's, well, that's exactly yeah, what she he, says. He says... He Does says, that make no. you feel better or worse? Feel better or worse? Oh, and she says it doesn't make me feel it, anything. It doesn't make me feel anything. That was really revealing to me too, because it starts it to give lie. you like the. I kind of thought it was a lie too. I thought I it made know. her feel worse. It was kind. I felt like it was kind of like She's we're like, cool, sitting here, I don't we're care having either. a laugh, we're maybe making this small connection, even if we don't really love each other. And then he kind and then of he like, just dumped on it. He dumped on it, and, and she's, she's like, "Yeah, no, it's chill. I don't care either." Yeah, and and walks out. Maybe. So I just took it as like the kind of what she becomes as the show progresses, which is that she doesn't feel shit. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this particularly is like a major turning point. Right, for okay, her. fair no, enough. Right. No. But it's definitely like another kind of like another fuck you from him. Yeah. God, because here they he are is, having like this. Like he could have just been this nice. Sort of moment, and just, he can't even like lie. Just about lie, it. dude. Yeah. Just be like, Come yeah, on, you man. know what? I f- one time, but yeah. I just got off. Like up. he cares so little about her that he can't even lie to her for yeah. her sake. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's just cruel. We find out Ned is on this, you know, quest to see what all John Aaron knew and who knew what he knew and what what all he's trying to figure out this mystery of what happened with John Aaron and. He finds another bastard of Robert. It's a girl, baby girl, um, from this hooker. Big, big baby. Big baby. Huge baby. Giant baby in uh, one of Littlefinger's brothels. And John Aaron knew about this girl as well because he had come to see this prostitute apparently repeatedly to check on the child to make sure she was like taken care of or whatever. I don't really get what John Aaron's endgame was. I know, I know he had discovered... That well, we think he probably discovered that Jamie and Cersei were sleeping together. Yep. Mm-hmm. We know he's figured out that Robert has many uh, illegitimate children. Yep. Was his intent to displace the Lannisters yeah. in the event that they? Definitely. Okay. Yes. 
All right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like trying to find a new... Was yeah, to find a real heir. I think. A real heir, yeah. yeah. So that Joffrey wouldn't end up being yeah. king. Mm-hmm. Got it, got it, okay. As well, he should not. As we know, does not go well. Uh, then the ending of the episode, very dramatic scene, is obviously Ned and Littlefinger, or Ned and uh, his boy. What's his What's his right-hand man's name? Jory. Jory, sorry. Who gets got. He gets got. They exit the bad. brothel. Jamie Lannister rolls up with, I think, as you said, they're Lannister men, correct? Yes. This is not Kingsguard or anything mm-hmm. like that. I b- no, I believe they're Lannister. Yeah, men. that's what it looks like, Lannister soldiers with the red, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and Jamie has found out that his brother has been taken by Catelyn Stark. And he's Jamie, real dickish. Very also. pissed. Very, very pissed with his Shrek hair. So, what the fuck did Catelyn think was going to happen? I don't know. It really. I think she did. She maybe think no one was gonna catch. I don't know. I don't know. There's just no way that she could have possibly imagined this to go any differently than it did. Like once you you take captive the queen's younger brother, Mm -hmm. yeah. There's probably gonna be issues for your husband who was hand of the king. Yes. Yeah. Dumbass. I just don't know how she could have possibly. It just such a bad bad decision like I, I guess you're supposed to it's imp- like you're supposed to take away that maybe her motherly love for Bran and she's just so pissed off about what happened that she right. feels no other choice but to take this little man and try to get justice on him I mean I think she didn't like in that moment when they like citizens arrested him I feel like she didn't she kind of got caught and was like cool well uh, arrest him then like she didn't have a choice. She, yeah, I, f- I feel like she maybe was coming up with it on trying the fly. to do some kind of long play, and then that happened. Mm. That's all I can think. of. I mean, bad move, regardless. Yeah, um, Jory, they just God, he just gets wiped out. So uh, Jory quick. was Jory became kind of a little uh, important little player here. Uh, it could be argued that he was the first character with the most speaking lines to die. Yeah, yeah, he had a lot of lines, mm-hmm. and he had be you know. He'd it was Ned's right hand man. Yes, protect and protected the girls. Yes, was like was very yeah. Had a lot of responsibility. He was kind of the hand of the hand. He was the hand of the hand. <laughs> the king shits, the hand wipes, and the hand of the hand disposes of the toilet paper. Exactly. Yeah. Is, that's the oh, wow. saying. That's how it goes. That's yeah. the saying. <laughs> um, but this this fight that goes down is our first big sword fight, is yeah. it not? Yep. Between Ned and Jamie, where. Well, yeah, first of all, R.I.P. Jory. Just a knife through the freaking eye. Ugh, yeah. gross. Good Lord. Not the first person to go out with something like through their eye. Oh, well, the first person. I will Not say. Not the last person. Badass kill shot from Jamie. Mm-hmm. Gets the knife through and is like staring Ned down while he like slides it out of the dude's face. Ugh. Yeah, pretty brutal. But then we've got a great sword fight between Ned and Jamie. Pretty even fight. Very even. Uh, these are two world-renowned sword fighters, one of whom has never been hurt in battle, never nicked his armor, never whatever, and Ned's like this, you know, seasoned veteran, kind of. And we don't get to see the end result because one of these Lannister soldiers puts a freaking spear through his knee, like so through the back of his leg. This was kind of what it what it called back to me was yes. Howland Reed yes. stabbing... Uh, Absolutely. The, what is the... the the dawn, the sword of the sword of the morning, sword of the morning. Yeah, in the in the back of the, in the yes, the it the was uh, very much never would have been before, obviously. Exactly. But on the rewatch, that's the first thing I thought of was like, yep. damn, man, because it, it was total karma. Ned, a bit of payback. Yep. Ned got a win 
against the sword of the morning because of Howland Reed putting a knife through the back of the dude's head. Yep. I'm not going to say that Ned or Jamie would have lost. Nobody knows how this fight would have ended, but mm-hmm. certainly he would have had a better chance had he not been stabbed through the back of the leg with a sword. Did Jamie kill the Lannister soldier that did this, or did he just knock him out? It just I think he just knocks him it's out. It's kind of hard he to tell. Punches him in the okay, face, just yeah. punches him in the face with a sword. Right, yeah. That's not pleasant. No. It's not what you want. Anyway, the episode ends with that dramatic... Uh, they cliffhanger you over and over and Real over bad, in season yeah. one. Like, every episode pretty much ends with something that's like, what? This is fucking nuts. So, obviously, I don't want to jump too far ahead on the Night's Rewatch here, but when this episode ended, the the screen grab from, like, the uh, the, the titles... Yeah. Whatever. I can't... Sorry, guys. I can't can't come up with words here. The description of the next episode came up. Okay. Ned becomes the hand of the king again. Right. After that? <laughs> Jory just got a fucking knife in his brain. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember how that all happens. I'm 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 just next week's going to be crazy. I can't What? One yeah. of the first things I thought about when this episode ended was like, "Wait, what happens next week?" I I definitely I What's thought next week that called? this I thought that this happened if I had to guess what scene, what episode this scene happened in, I thought it was like seven or eight. Uh, yeah, I thought it was farther down the line. Yeah. Not four, or not five. five. I keep fucking that up. Mm. Five. Five. Uh, the next episode that we'll talk about on Monday, is, on next Monday, is called A Golden Crown. Mm-hmm. I think this is was my first favorite episode. Which I think we all know what that that oh, uh, yeah. is in reference to. Written by Jane Espenson. Espenson. David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. Uh, I don't know who Jane Espenson is, but apparently they wrote the episode and she kind of like put it into TV form, apparently, and directed by Daniel Minahan. Uh, we'll be back on Monday to talk about that episode, obviously. First, before we go, we've got some hotline calls, four of Yay. them total. Let's hear them. 866-43-CLAMS is our hotline number. You can call that at any time, uh, give some insights into an episode, ask us a question, Talk about something we messed up, whatever it may be. Eight six six four three clams is that number. Here's our first call from this week. What's up, clam fam? It's David from Auburn. Uh, I just watched the episode uh, five or four, whatever it is. I don't know. Um, similar to Theon, why the fuck is Peter Baelish like in in with the uh, small committee council meetings, like with the king in the hand? I don't, I don't understand it. He's in charge of a whorehouse. Uh, what, am I missing something? Do I not know something? Why, I don't get it. Um, if y'all could answer that, I don't know. Just let me know, and have a good one. Listen later. We will let you know. He is the master of coin, Peter Baelish. Yep. There's like specific seats in the small council, and in order to be on the small council, you have to fill one of those seats. Do we know, how, do we know what they are? Maester, Grand Maester is one of them. Uh, Master of Coin. Master of Coin. Hand, Hand of the King. What is Varys? Uh, they call him like I feel like they he's his Master title of is whispers? Like Master of Information or something like that or something with whispers. Wisp. Yeah. Something, yeah. So, anyway, that's his. Yeah. So that's the role. Littlefinger fills. He's essentially a go-between for the Crown and Tywin Lannister. Does that's really all his. Li- that, that's what he does for the Crown. Well, and, that, and that, so I was actually kind of thinking a little bit about this too because. As we as we learned this episode or heard again, 
John Aaron was the hand for 17 years. Right. Mm-hmm. Robert's been the king for 17 years. Like, it's been a while. So, you know, if if Baelish started his first whorehouse 17 years ago, you know, he was probably what? Like, supposed to be like 20? Something like 22, that. 22, 23? Yeah. Right in that range? Sure. I mean, he's. it feels like he's been... He's really been biding his time. Yeah. Picking yeah. his spots. Pick, yeah. Because yeah. he's waited quite a while to, like, just throw the wrench into the wheel. Well, you know, and who knows? Me? Maybe at the beginning he uh, wasn't the, the you know, god of chaos He's probably yet. been doing some coming up since then. Like, maybe he just started with, you know, yeah. a little mini well, he house. Did. He and did. And he talks a little bit about how he's, like, this self-made guy that, you know, kind of, like, and has now slowly... He, established himself in grander and grander seats of power. Yeah. So, I mean, the obvious answer here is that it, this is the first opportunity that he actually actually has to, like, start... Hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. No, but I definitely... To take back what I just said, I don't think there was a spot along the way, like, in his late 20s or something, where he decided, you know what, fuck all these people. Because doesn't he kind of imply in other conversations and when he gets into some of his backstory and how he made his come up and all that... That it was always his goal to get as high as he could, basically. Yeah, I think, I think he so. alludes to that at other points in the show. Right. So I take back what I said. All right, next call. Hey guys, Akshay here from uh, Chicago, Illinois. Big, big fan. Um, I was just listening to the podcast where you guys were talking about how the dragons were malnourished and those tiny skulls led up to the big skulls and all that stuff. Um, I don't know if this has been discussed, but I remember on a previous podcast, you guys were talking about how um, Drogon is so big, why the other dragons are so small. Well, uh, dragons grow to fit the environment that they're in, and because um, the two other dragons, who cares about their names, I don't know, but they were stuck in the room in the dungeon, so maybe that's stunted their growth. I don't know your thoughts on that. Thanks. Love the show. Bye. It's a great point, I and it's for sure. it's something we talked about during the, the original s- season. Well, during season seven, when the Night's King does what he does to one of the dragons. That's all. I'll put it that way, just in case. I don't know. I don't know. You never know if somebody's yeah, listening. Sure. is going to get something ruined for him. Um, it is, and that is we discussed why he wouldn't take out the bigger one or whatever. That well, this is why the other two are smaller. Yeah, they're for sure, locked up. They were locked up for a while in that dungeon for an extended period of time, and it one thousand percent is the reason they're smaller than I think they were going to be anyway. Like Drogon was supposed to be the biggest one. Yeah, but they're significantly smaller because they were locked up down there. They, man. Were, they were stunted a little bit. Yeah, yeah you can't. You don't they're like. They're back. They're out. Yeah, but I don't know if you recover that growth lost. You might not. I think you're you're kind of screwed on that part, is what yeah. I'm saying. Anyway, unless you get some HGH. They're still good size, though. They're still good, good size. Good size. Good yeah. size dragons. They keep growing, just not as not big. bad. Just stunted slightly. Yeah. yeah. Next call. What is up, Clam Fam? This is Micah out in Honolulu, Hawaii, that little island out in the middle of the Pacific. Love the show. Love what you guys are doing. Love the rewatch. Uh, just real quickly, you guys were mentioning last week about Ghost. Uh, about how red his eyes looked, extra red. And I just want to say that you guys know that he is an albino wolf, right? And, uh, yeah, that's a thing. You know, albinos have no, like, pigment in their skin and stuff, so they're all white and their eyes are red. And 
Like, I have a bunny that was albino, and I think there's, like, human albinos, too, so... You know, if you want to get your daily dose of internet, you should, you should Google that. There's some human albinos. It's pretty creepy, but... Anyway, love the show. Love you guys. Thanks. Shout out to all the to all, our albino listeners. There are uh, a lot of human there albinos. There are most certainly human albinos, and not al- they're are, not all creepy. All right? Some of them look really... There good. are dozens of them. Dozens! <laughs> yeah, no, I had not considered that that is why... Ghosts' eyes are lacking in pigment outside of the red. And yeah, they're super red because it's an albino wolf. Dire wolf. Yeah. I cool. just thought we should have a discussion about albinos. It's been a while since they've gotten their due as a people. Yeah, I mean, I th- the last time was probably with that movie Powder. Mm-hmm. I don't know that movie. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Came out in like 1998, I think. We're trying to break further into the albino market, <laughs> and this is our strategy for doing so mm. taking one voicemail call a week <laughs> regarding albinos <laughs> next call so just listening to episode four this is elliot from charlotte and you guys are talking about why how we've never seen valeria and the reason we've never seen valeria is because it blew up in the doom and that's what killed all the dragons and all the valerians except for the targaryens the targaryens are the last of the valerians uh, so, yeah. Great show. Thanks. Thank you. We did discuss how we'd never seen Valyria. And uh, as a result of this phone call, I actually ended up doing some, like, wiki work, which is usually Barrett's mm-hmm. realm. But I was intrigued, so I looked it up. And, yeah, Valyria was destroyed four centuries ago. I guess four centuries ago from now mm-hmm. is when that's, what that's meant to imply. In a catastrophic volcanic event known as the Doom of Valyria, which shattered the Valyrian Peninsula, wiped out almost all the dragons in the world, and created the much-feared Smoking Sea. Much-feared, that Smoking Sea. Which is what Jorah and Tyrion passed through. There you go, yeah. Wow. And the only major family of Valyrian dragon lords to survive the Doom were the Targaryens, which I think you said earlier. They survived because they, They were living on Dragonstone at the time. No, they weren't there. They were living on Dragonstone at the time. Oh, so that's the Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so the Targaryen dragons on their island were the only ones in the entire world to survive this cataclysm, which is obviously what gave the Targaryens all their power. They were the last people with dragons. All the other ones died in the Mm. Doom of Valyria. Uh, Anyway, yeah, there's always information like that if you want to look up something. The the internet is like 96% Game of Thrones information at at this this point. point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if you ever have a question about that, get get on there, and uh, we appreciate the call, though. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, a ninety per six, ninety six percent Game of Thrones, three percent porn, and then one percent for everything else. Yeah, one percent fake news. Yeah, I think is the other. That's the other percent. Yeah, was that our last call? I believe it was. Yes, it was. Again, our our hotline number is eight six six four three clams. Call us with questions, takes, whatever. We will be back on Monday with a Golden Crown written by Jane Espenson, Benioff and Weiss, and directed by Daniel Minahan. Follow us on Instagram at Oysters, Clams, Cockles. Follow us on Twitter at Clams and Cockles. Uh, follow my social media at WR Bolin. Follow Barrett's at Barrett Dudley. Follow Veronica's at... Veronica Ruck. But there's a different one. VM Ruck for Snapchat. VM Ruck on Snapchat. Uh, if you're loving the Night's Watch, the Night's Rewatch, please tell a friend. Get other people involved. We need more men. Not enough nights at the Rewatch. <laughs> My brain's yep. fried, too. Thank you for sticking with us. It was a long weekend for Barrett and I in particular. Veronica, I can't speak for you. I don't know, I don't know what, you were, what you were doing. 
but my brain's fried. Barrett's brain's fried. I look like hell. <laughs> uh, great. Leave us a rating and a review on iTunes if you would. Go to grandexshop.com slash OCC for shirts to support this podcast. You can also check out manoutfitters.com and use the promo code DRAGON to get 10% off your entire order. RowdyGentleman.com is another one of our sites. It has great shirts, great hats. Check out RowdyGentleman.com. Use the code DRAGON. Get 10% off your order there, too. Uh, check out our sports podcast, Backdoor Cover, which is hosted by me, Ross Bolin, with Dylan Shivery and Dan Register. Dan has been on this show before, if you're familiar with him. Please do not take his Ramsey Bolton takes and hold them against us on our sports show. That is it. We'll be back Monday. Thank you guys for listening. Peace. Good day, sirs.